3: I'm all right, Tom.
2: How are you? Hey, lucky team, Mr. <laughs> Sumner. Ciao, Tom. How are you today? That's a good <laughs> question. <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Oh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner program.
1: Good morning, Tom.
2: How you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right.
0: Stay tuned, cause it's on now. The Tom Sumner program. I know this is a really hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me, I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there, and please, stay home and stay safe. Hi, this is Gretchen Whitmer, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Program.
2: constantly reminded there's not much you control there ain't no forgiveness down there
5: Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, This is the Tom Sumner program, and of course, uh, coming up this weekend, it's uh, Valentine's Day. And uh, recently, invisibly, used their real-time research tool to understand people's attitudes toward Valentine's Day. And uh, here to talk about that that survey is uh, Don Vaughn from invisibly. Don, welcome to the show.
6: Thanks for having me here, Tom. And
5: and it is Don, right? Yes, sir. I kind of scribbled and it looks like Dan. I hope I don't say that. (laughs) I get a lot of Dan. I'm terrible. I get John. (laughs) I'm terrible with names. Um, But um, let me ask, what prompted invisibly to do Polling, Well, for example, it shows 47% of those surveyed said their Valentine's plans have been impacted by COVID, but what prompted Invisibly to even
6: ask? Great question. So we have, as you mentioned, we have a, um, a real-time research uh, tool that's able to survey people all over America, and we've used it for things like the uh, presidential election. We had the most accurate prediction of anyone for that uh, 2020 race and so, what we've been trying to do with COVID is help businesses and help people just get a pulse on what's going on during this uncertain time. Are my friends celebrating Valentine's Day? Are most Americans? Um, and why? What are they planning on doing? Just giving a little bit of color and background to the, the new normal.
5: Well, and it's, it's um, and for some, maybe even ideas for how they might decide to
6: celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. That's right. You know, it's, uh, it's a very different environment this year. And so uh, I think there's comfort in knowing. I, I was honestly a bit surprised, but uh, like you said, less than half uh, of Americans say that COVID has impacted their Valentine's Day. But what's interesting to me is that that's because most Americans are just, they just don't celebrate Valentine's Day. It's, uh, it's, it's not as popular as it used to be. Well, that's what
5: I was going to ask that because that seemed um – you know, kind of low because, uh, you know, COVID has impacted everybody in almost every way. And and yeah. so for less than half to say that COVID impacted their Valentine's Day plans. And, and I wondered if uh, that's because people don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Did you, get, did you get any sense from the data that you collected why people don't celebrate Valentine's Day?
6: You might you might find this interesting, Tom. Um, we found that something called Singles Awareness Day is nearly half as popular as Valentine's Day. So this sort of unknown holiday to a lot of a lot of people. Um, for those of you, uh, your listeners who don't know, Singles Awareness Day is on Monday, February fifteenth. So it's the day after Valentine's Day. It's kind of a, a rebuttal against Valentine's <laughs> Day, and that's actually become more popular. Yeah, take um, this, couples. <laughs> yeah exactly. We don't need a relationship in chocolates and flowers um, that kind of that kind of thing
5: and you also um came across galantine's day i i have to admit Don I hadn't heard of that
6: yeah it's it's uh it's mainly um you know it was a low number of people were reporting that it's sort of a uh um, a new, I wouldn't call it a made-up holiday, but it's sort of unofficial, um, again, similar to Singles Awareness Day in the sense that it's just a, it's a rebuttal against Valentine's Day. And, you know, a small number of people said they were they were interested in doing that sort of a catch-all. But I think, you know, I think what's interesting is that for the people who are celebrating Valentine's Day, it, what people are planning on doing this year is extremely age-dependent. What we found was that yeah. uh, younger Younger people, 18 to 24, they tend to celebrate with with friends or family. That's sort of the the uh, the new option this year that people are more into. Um, and if you're 25 to 44, then they are going to try and do something where they stay in with their dates. So maybe it's a romantic scavenger hunt uh, in the house, but a little more getting a little more clever, um, staying inside, but not necessarily with friends and family. And then if you're 45 to 54, they uh, their most common option is to go out on a date. So they're actually not, uh, you know, could because of the, the age, uh, the demographics, there's just some the push and pull around COVID where they still want to go out on a date. And then finally, if you're 55 plus, um, they generally prefer to do nothing at all. And,
5: and with the people that you surveyed, um, was their attitude toward Valentine's day that it was, you know, made up by the greeting card and chocolate industries?
6: Yeah, had a hallmark holiday. Yeah. We didn't ask it directly, but I just, um, you know, I'm kind of in your boat, Tom, where, um, you know, I know about Valentine's day, but the singles awareness day, sad, uh, it's being that popular sort of, uh, blew me away. And I think that is, it is just a rebuttal. Um, if you look online, there's a lot of article it's, it's the it's the, we don't need your holiday holiday.
5: And and the other one, Galantine's Day, uh, is um, Valentine's Day
2: Eve. Uh
6: yeah. you know, I I gotta be honest, I'm much less familiar with it, but that's uh it's February thirteenth and it's the day before uh the other made up holiday, which is Valentine's Day. It's 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 kinda like just celebrating um love. And friendship with uh, people around you uh, that you're you're close with and friends. The, the idea being that romantic relationships come and go, but your your friends and your really close uh, close people around you are are more permanent. And
5: and you say that it's it's not as popular as as certainly Valentine's Day or even Singles Awareness Day, but yet right. it it seems to be growing in popularity. I mean, it's it's unofficial, but yeah. it's becoming more and more official every year.
6: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just say that I personally, um, I don't celebrate it, but I resonate with the idea that, uh, you know, we have, I'm married, so my romantic relationship is, is clearly there and situated, but I like the idea of also, you know, celebrating with my friends and close people who are who have been with me for decades, uh, even before I've, I've met my wife.
5: And how, um, imp- I mean, how driven was the decision for, people who said that they were they had plans to go out for dinner which is kind of a traditional valentine's thing mm-hmm. how much of that was driven by the availability of open restaurants
6: yeah that's a you know that's a really interesting question i don't know if that was the reason i don't have the the official answer to that but i what i do know is that um there are more and more restaurants opening up even here i'm in palo alto in california and uh, we even have the restaurant starting to um, open back up after some of the, the deep surge that we had in the last two months. So I, I think that's probably uh you know, an option that's available to everybody.
5: It's, it's almost as if, um, you know, while wow, restaurants are open and I've been wanting to go out and, Oh, here's Valentine's day. <laughs> yeah,
6: I, it is kind of nice timing. It's very, um, not coincidental. Let's say fortuitous. I think I'll just speak for myself that, um, you know, uh, it's been a long time in, in the lockdown and California's had a very strict one. So I think a lot of people are Valentine's, Galentine's, singles awareness. Get me, you know, get me out to do something. Um, there's every, everybody in all age groups and demographics had some level of interest in getting out, um, even if it wasn't their main option. Um, but it, um, you know, it does it does vary across demographic groups, which I think I think just shows that the, the, the changes there are clear changes uh, between uh, generations. Was there
5: uh, a sense that Valentine's Day was um, more important to uh, a a specific um, age group?
6: Yeah, um, I think that's, I think what I'm, I'm looking at the data right now, so we have it broken out by age, and I would say that it, it, there is a pattern. Um, for younger people, they tend to say they're going to do nothing at all. So if you're uh, the 18 to 24 group, then they're, they're one of the more common groups to say, I'm not doing anything. But it's also true of 55 plus. And I personally wonder if the 55 plus might be um, that normally they would celebrate, but it's because of covid that they're planning on doing nothing at all this year. Like, we don't have, you know, invisibly uh, our real-time research products. We can we can do polling and get answers in hours, but we, we, um, we have – this product just came out in 2020, so I don't have the longitudinal data over time to say if that's always the case or if that's a new COVID thing. But you see this pretty clear pattern, uh, Tom, where if you're young, you're more likely to do nothing, um, except unless you're 55-plus. There's that extra – it just bumps back up, and I think that's COVID.
5: More with what people are planning to do for Valentine's Day with Don Vaughn from Invisibly straight ahead.
6: Everybody's
3: doing a brand new dance now.
6: Hi, this is Mark Farner, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
7: program.com Hi, this is Deb Cherry, Genesee
2: County Treasurer, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Radio Show.
5: More with what people are planning to do for Valentine's Day with Don Vaughn from Invisibly, straight ahead. The um, Now, real-time research, you said, is, is fairly new, um, but how did how did that come about? Is and is it is it part mm-hmm. of Invisibly? What is Invisibly, and how did real time research come about?
6: Yeah, uh, I'll give you the sort of longer version of that. Which is Invisibly uh, is a company that was started by Jim McKelvey. Uh, he's he's the gentleman who co-founded Square, the payments company, with uh, Jack Dorsey, who started Twitter. And um, he he wanted to he created Invisibly to save local journalism. Which is looking at how local journalism has suffered in the digital age, and uh, how newspapers have changed when any news is available whenever you want it. They've had a really struggle to put a lot of ads on their sites and make things still um, interesting, and 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 make, make local news still matter to people. And so we we started with that, and we found that one of the things that was helpful was just a. It's really expensive to do market research. I mean, it's really if you want to know how either your customers or how people, how people feel uh, in the world, it can cost you a lot of money. And um, so we, we got motivated to to do a sort of Silicon Valley thing and create a new technology that allowed us to do surveys at scale. And so it was kind of a big first test, but what we started out in June is we started tracking the presidential race, uh, the Trump Biden race in June. And we were, I would say screaming from the mountaintops for quite some time that our, our polling, our, our real time research was showing that the net, the race was neck and neck. Um, but we went out to all the main newspapers, all the mainstream, the Washington post and the New York times and the down. And um, because it was a new technology, no one would, no one would carry the results. And um, that said, we it would, you know, the evidence ended up on our side that we had, the single most accurate poll of anyone in 2020, we actually predicted uh, the race within four electoral college votes. And I was curious about
5: that, Don. Um, I understand being able to um, research and get reactions about individual voters, but how were you able to track numbers for the electoral college?
6: Yeah, you know, we just, we, we actually ran a very simple, um, you know, outcome. So there's very famous aggregators of data like 538. But the problem yeah. with those is they're they're only as good as the, all the polls that go into it, all the, um, all the individual ones that are done. And well, yeah, what, it's a poll you know, of polls. Exactly. Exactly. And that can, it's, it, you know, I'm a scientist by training and so we might call it something closer to a meta-analysis where you take everyone else's analysis and you, and you sort of put it all together and you say, well, who did it? Who did it right? A little bit of waiting. What, the problem is, though, that if you have a biased survey method, like all these polls did, then you still get a biased result when you aggregate them together. So um, some of these polls had Trump down by, I think, 17 points. And uh, we're trying to say, we're showing it was neck and neck, and he was actually slightly up at one point. And so uh, by the, at the very end, we um, sort of our secret sauce is that a lot of these polls had 1,000 responses or so, and we had 65,000 because we we're able to collect this information online. Rather than calling people's phones, right, sort right. of an antiquated way of doing it, and it's just, I'm, like it's I. It's easier said, to uh, sample a larger group when it's exactly and you're, you're just more likely to get to yeah, exactly, exactly. Rather than calling, and I don't know how many times have you answered a, a robocall? Uh, I've been happy <laughs> about it. Yeah. So so, anyways, we, we we started to save journalism, but we found out that our um, that uh, our real time research product ends up just being something for market research that helps us. Uh, Health businesses understand how to how their products are going to be um, interested in the market. Now,
5: um, how does invisibly uh, what's what's invisibly's revenue
6: from? Yeah, we we charge the we charge people who want to run the survey, and we we charge a fee for the technology. Um, So usually it costs a couple bucks in order to get a response from people um, from each person, and so that ends up uh, that generates revenue for us to keep the technology. Top of the top of the stack.
5: Okay, and so the um, the research that you did for the uh, 2020 election and on uh, uh, this Valentine's Day research is is really samples.
6: Yeah, it's just kind of uh, so most of the time we have uh, clients that are paying for the the research in the polls, and we have some political clients as well who need to know where they're their um their client stands in the race and just so they can tell oh well we're down in these zip codes and up in these other ones when it comes to valentine's day nobody's going to pay us for that this is just something that we're using as a as a way to keep keep the keep interest in the product you know just showing what it can do
5: not not even hallmark or uh
6: (laughs) wouldn't that be nice (laughs) no um no this is just us you know, we're just uh, I think I'm again, I'm a scientist by training, so I love running surveys to just sort of get my pulse on the data and uh, what people are thinking about and how the environments of COVID is just shaping that. But I, but kind of heartwarmingly, not totally beating everyone down. There's a lot of people who still plan to do things and are going to get creative and do, you know, do things in their house and with family and friends. Um, so, but, you know, love still triumphs.
5: Yeah, you said, uh, let's see, Um 13% plan to go out, 11% mm-hmm. opt to stay in and celebrate, mm-hmm. 6% mm-hmm. are going to do it online.
1: <laughs> yeah,
5: that's right, that's right. <laughs> they're they're going to do a, uh, a Zoom Valentine's Day. Um,
6: yeah, which is, um, you know, who would, have, who would have thought that a few years ago?
5: And eighteen percent will spend the day with family or friends, which um, mm-hmm. is is really something people are maybe more likely to do because because of the stay-at-home uh, recommendations that are are still in force in a lot of ways. Um, you know, mm-hmm. people are are celebrating with people that live in their house.
6: Yep, yep, that's right, and. I I think the six percent that want to do Zoom and FaceTime, it, 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 at first you you think, well, that's that ridiculous. But I, I have to well, say, well, it that borders my, uh,
5: on creepy, Don.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: yeah, if you, know, you know what I mean.
6: Yeah, yeah, no, I I, I get I get the reaction. I had the same one, um, but I will say that, gosh, it's certainly better than not being able to see or talk to each other at all, and especially if you're in different cities as it stands, uh, better than a phone call. I think I I personally like being able to at least see the other person, um, and, and say, hi, I think there's a lot of emotion in our faces that you can, you can express, but I, I share the same first reaction sentiment.
5: Yeah, I, uh, um, I, I agree with you there, Don. I think, uh, you know, being able to, if you're separated from your date or your significant other, um, yeah. you know, either by COVID or, or simply by distance, um, mm-hmm. y- you know, having that ability to see each other and spend a little time, you know, gazing into each other's eyes is, is, <laughs> is, is probably the best it's going to get for at least, yeah. uh, at least for this Valentine's Day.
6: I think that's right.
5: So aside from, um, political candidates and political organizations. uh, um, What kind of clients uh, are you getting and are you trying to attract?
6: Yeah, we, um, you know, our survey product, real-time research is, um, it's open to anybody. It's just a, it's just a mechanism to interact with people um, online that might be in your, might be in your target audience, might be, you know, if you're a scientific researcher, then there, you can ask questions of people there, rather than just recruiting from your Psych 101 class. Um, if you're a small company, you can ask: Are you inter- would you be interested in this kind of product that did X, Y, Z? And that that helps you do some market analysis before you put a million dollars into new equipment to to actually make your product. Um, so it's available and useful to almost everybody. Market research is a pretty common thing. We were just surprised when we built it at how. How it can often take you know months and months to do these trials, recruit a panel, get results, cascade it up the executive chain. It's just it's too slow of a process, and um, you know I'm sorry to say the standard thing, but the world's moving faster, and you can't you can't wait two months to to learn what's happening. So you you really can't apply it to anything, and we have clients all across the board. I will say that a, a couple other you know you can find all of our on invisibly.com. You can find all the research that we do, but we have a couple of interesting ones. Um, last year, we started doing it around um, COVID and how comfortable people were w- with um, what they were going to do in their activities. So we call it the COVID cam and It's just about are you comfortable going to the barber? Are you comfortable going to a gym? Are you comfortable getting on a cruise ship? Just trying to get a yeah. pulse so we could let businesses know. How did, how did airplanes do? You know, somewhere in the middle. Uh, it really, really, yeah. It's it's really by density. Yeah, the 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 ones that were the worst. Uh, I mean, the least likely for people to participate in were uh, were cruise ships and uh, sports arenas and, and and large concerts where there's even more people. Well, cruise ships
5: were already getting a bad rap even before uh, yeah. COVID. Yeah. Um. So, will you be doing um, research like this? That's how how do I say it? Off the books. It's that's not client driven, but <laughs> but things that you'll do periodically to, to just put out there and keep invisibly not so invisible. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. i never heard that. That's a, that's a good turn of phrase. Um, yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, on invisibly. If you go to the the insights tab, uh, um, then we have a lot of different uh, servers that we're always running. It's it's kind of like a think of it like a new a new Gallup. You know, just a, a way of actually bringing the, the survey technology they do into the, into the 21st century. And so uh we just released another one on charity. And so we found, for example, that even despite COVID, 55 percent of Americans are still giving to charity. So I think that's uh fairly heartwarming. Um uh, And there's, you know, it's just it's, it's been a tough year and a tough 12 months. So it was good to see that.
5: I read some polling on, on that, uh on charitable giving and, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if it was uh Invisibly or 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 someone else that had done the, the survey, but they uh they found here like here in Michigan where my show is based, um mm-hmm. the average gift during COVID was uh four hundred and thirty nine dollars. Pretty incredible
6: that people are um Yeah people are so so generous, you know? Um, at at a time have, when have, a lot of people are out of work, yeah, yeah, I, maybe that's you know, may, I mean, for those of us who still have jobs, it feels very, uh, we feel we feel lucky and um, just uh, fortunate. And so, I, I think there's a lot of that sentiment.
5: Now, from what I remember of uh, of polling old school, one of the tricks uh, or, or one of the things that uh, one of the criteria, I guess. Was that they, if they were polling for uh, political candidates or issues, they wanted to poll likely voters.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: And there, and there are other things that are done when assembling a panel or, or a, a sample group to balance for race, for gender, and all of that. Um, is real time research able to to make those distinctions or is it just we asked everybody and here's what everybody said
6: yeah really i mean that's an important we we have battled with the legacy polling outfits for quite some time on on that you can do it with real time research you can collect demographic information like uh age gender income uh educational status things that are typically Rebalanced for so to make sure. I mean, just for your audience out there, just so if you're not in the weeds of polling, which I assume is most people, if you run a survey in America, which is pretty much 50/50 50, 50 male/female, if you run a survey but you get uh, 75% females and 25% males, um, and and they, each of those groups give slightly different responses, you're kind of left with this question of well, maybe I need to adjust my numbers to be more representative of the actual demographic that I'm trying to to get. Let's say let's say females responded to the question with the number, you know, uh, 100 and and, and males said it was 50, then then you're going to have to rebalance that to sort of bring your best estimate um, and change it based on the demographic makeup. So that happens with polling. Um, It's fairly standard and traditional, and uh, you can do it with real-time research. And I will just make the sort of um, uh, crazy claim uh, and statement that we didn't. We actually didn't do the rebalancing because... We when we did our polling, we're able to we're able to get in front of so many Americans. We end up getting a pretty representative uh, sample just all the time because everybody uses the Internet. Everybody reads articles online. Um, and so we did that. And, and I, I, I'll say, Tom, that I think one thing that's missing um, from traditional polling, which is how how this part's done, is they they think it, the best way to do it is to just randomly call people or randomly sample people. So you, you take a random Yeah, usually
5: usually at dinner
6: time yeah exactly (laughs) dinner time or when you're having a serious conversation is usually the preferred preferred time and uh (laughs) so they they'll they'll call you but what that doesn't what that doesn't count for tom is that that's not really how the election works the uh, an election works not by the government calling you and you keying in a response but by you putting in the effort to go to a poll or to fill out the mail-in ballot and drop it off and that's how it works so we think that re- asking everybody and then, like, which people actually respond, that somehow encapsulates their motivation. To, if they're gonna, willing to respond to this survey, that gives them, you know, no monetary reward. We think that reflects their propensity to actually go vote, and that's that secret variable that our legacy competitors don't get.
5: What goes into deciding the uh, the questions you're going to ask, and and does that affect how you? Present the results of the data you've collected.
6: You know, we we tend to stay pretty much in the bounds of um, standard polling. We'll ask, you know, who are you going to vote for? How strongly do you support them? Are you a registered voter? Um, and then demographic information. So so fairly standard makeup uh, there. We just my background is in uh, in science, and so we've done a good amount of polling there of people and. We just tend to uh, go with the norm there, nothing nothing to reinvent there too much.
5: And um, the way that you, if you're collecting data um, from a, a wide-open group of people, um, are you able, because it's uh, computer-aided to... Um, to then break out the information by all of these different people and then present it so you can see, for example, in the case you gave where you have 100 uh, female respondents and 75 male respondents, that may not Mm -hmm. be uh, the the breakdown of who shows up at the polls or who Mm -hmm. wants to celebrate Valentine's Day. But if you report the numbers separately, people can, can sort of, ferret that out and figure out well not as many
6: women voted for example yeah that's um yeah that's a good question it's the standard practice of rebalancing uh doing demographic rebalancing there's a few different ways to do it different methodologies um for your just if your audience wants to look it up you can look up raking or uh, multivariate um regression but um, yes, we we give uh, for people who who are our clients, and we give you all the raw answers, and you can decide to parcel them out as you wish. And we're also building uh, a world-class uh, analysis platform where you can just look at it and, and click on what you want to analyze and buy, and it'll give you the the updated um, breakouts.
5: Well, I think I'd have to. Um, I, I, I guess this year for Valentine's Day, I'm going to have to. Uh, add myself to the 11% who are opting to stay in and celebrate. Um, <laughs> I might go so much further as to say that uh, Sandy and I will probably spend it in the living room. <laughs> we we you don't. Know, it's, uh, it's a good spot. Well, we don't spend a lot of time in the living room. And, and you mm. would think I might say the bedroom, but I, I, I think we're probably <laughs> going to spend some time in the living room because we don't go there a lot.
6: Yes, it feels like it feels almost like you're going out on a date. Well, yeah, it's
5: fun to try new places. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe I'll celebrate in our attic. Yeah, there you go. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, yeah, it's Michigan, or we celebrate it on the deck. Um, But uh, we we're just about out of time, Don. But I I've really enjoyed this because I'm I'm somewhat fascinated by polling, and it's it's interesting to look at some of these numbers and I, you know i've been wrestling with these same questions myself sandy and i have talked about what do you want to do for valentine's day you know we haven't really made up our minds i know it's coming up you know like <laughs> right away but um mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but uh we've been kind of on the fence about it so I, it's it's interesting that you've uh, taken a look at this to see what other people are deciding about those same those same questions um don again thanks for spending this time with me this morning and sharing this information with me and the listeners but i always give guests an opportunity to let listeners know where they can find out more about what we've been talking about um could, you want to give uh, invisibly's uh, website again
6: yeah sure it's uh, invisibly.com uh, i-n-v-i-s-i-b-l-y just invisibly the adverb. Dot com And if you, uh, if you can do slash insights, so you can navigate on the website to the uh, insights tab And it has all of our work on, you know, Biden's, what people think about Biden's executive orders, what's happening with banking in the time of COVID. Are people still showing up in person and um, uh, all that? We keep some updated stuff. And we very shortly, Tom, will have all the live results of our polls there embedded in there. So you can see what's happening in real time with, uh, with anything that you're interested in that we're tracking.
5: Wow, that's that's fascinating. Don, thanks so much and uh, and best of luck. And and, uh, what are you going to do for Valentine's Day?
6: I I think I also might be in in your boat that I'll be uh, trying to hang inside. And, you know, as we sort of are hopefully at the end of this pandemic, just spend some time and do something creative. And hopefully next year it'll be it'll be like uh, nothing ever happened.
5: Yeah, well, that's that's the hope. Here's here's to the vaccines. You've probably done polling on
6: that, too. Yeah, we do have a lot of polling. And I'll leave you with uh, the sort of I don't know if it's sad part or not, but it's um, that that about 50 percent of Americans are not likely to get the vaccine in the near future.
5: Well, how do we get to 70, 80 percent herd immunity if that's the case? Oh well that that's,
6: sure is the question. That's that's
5: that's <laughs> that's gonna be a conversation for another day. Anyway, uh, yeah. Don, thanks again. Don Vaughn from Invisibly Happy Valentine's Day.
6: I got you, Tom. Thanks for having me on.
5: All right, bye-bye. We'll have more of the Tom Sumner program. <laughs>
3: We're out in for a bumpy ride. i will see you on the other side. It's not the same without you here. I hold on to this phone sometimes. For you a goodnight kiss I'll see you on the other side When I crawl out of my cage When the world is purified I will find you and I promise this I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side I'll see you on the other side and I'll meet you with arms up and wide. See you on the other side. See you on the other side. See you on the other side. And I'll meet you with arms up and wide. See you on the other side. Hello there citizens, Darkwing Duck here. And every time I'm in Flint fighting crime, I always stop by the Tom Sumner program. Don't forget, stay
6: dangerous. Darkwing Duck out. If you are sick with COVID-19 or think you might have it, take steps to help protect other people from getting sick. Stay home except to get medical care. Call the doctor before visiting. Separate yourself from others who live with you. Wear a mask to protect others. Cover your coughs and sneezes with a tissue and clean your hands right away. Avoid sharing items with other people in your home. This includes things like towels and bedding. Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you are worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit CDC.gov. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at Swiftlet.technology. The TomSumner Program. This is U.S. Senator Gary Peters, if
3: you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, in Philip Rapp's creation,
5: the Bickersons. <laughs> For once, the walls of the Bickerson's apartment do not resound with the persistent snoring of husband John. Moore's the pity. There can be only one reason for this astounding phenomenon. John Bickerson is not home. Two o'clock in the morning finds Mrs. Bickerson on the telephone with Sister Clara. Let's listen.
7: What did you say, Blanche? I said I haven't heard from John since he left for work. You'd think he'd telephone me or something. Well, maybe he tried to call. You've had the phone tied up for over an hour, Blanche. You've called me three times. He's never done this before. I think he wants to upset me. He gets so angry every time I spend a dollar. He says I'm the biggest spendthrift in California. Am I, Clara? I don't think so. Well, John does. And you know how careful I am about money. Yes, well, I have to give the baby his bottle. You do? What time is it there in New York? It's almost 5.30 in the morning. Georgie gets a bottle every two hours now. He's four weeks old. He isn't gaining much, though. Well, what does he weigh? 61 pounds. I don't like the doctor we have now. He thinks George is too heavy. Well, I think he's the cutest little thing I ever saw. Oh, did John's shoes fit him all right? Well, they pinch a little in the toes. Oh, but well, you can get him fixed. Oh, I think John's here. Goodbye, Clara. John! I can't
5: find the blasted light switch.
7: Oh, I'm so glad you're home, sweetheart. I'm in here. Huh? Never mind the lights. Come to bed, darling.
5: I must have the wrong apartment. Uh, Excuse me, madam.
7: John, come back here.
5: Oh, hello.
7: Where have you been?
5: Working. Let me get undressed. I'm exhausted. Why
7: didn't you call... Don't throw your good coat on the floor, John.
5: You can sweep it up in the morning. No
7: call, no message, no nothing. Why didn't you call?
5: Didn't have a nickel.
7: You did too. You had a quarter in your pocket this morning. Who did you take to dinner tonight?
5: The whole chorus from Earl Carroll's That's Me Boy, Diamond Jim Bickerson.
7: Don't be so funny.
5: Oh, I'm not funny, I'm exhausted.
7: I bet you never even thought of calling me. Other men call their wives. If Mel Shaw leaves the house for even five minutes, he calls Louise.
5: Calls her what?
7: That's lot you care about me. I've been sitting here worrying myself into a stew. What did you eat? Stew. John Dickerson, let me look at you. Are you sure you've been in the office till now?
5: Well, where do you think I've been?
7: I don't know. You didn't pass a cocktail bar on your way home, did you? I
5: never pass a cocktail bar.
7: That's what I thought. You had a drink.
5: I did not.
7: You had more than one.
5: I didn't have any.
7: Then why are you trying to take your pants off over your head? What pants?
5: This is the sweater you made for me out of your old slacks. I'm the only man in town with a v-neck seat. Stop
7: complaining. It keeps you warm.
5: Put out the lights, Blanche. I can't hold my eyes open.
7: John, you're not going to sleep in that horrible old sheepskin vest.
5: Well, I'm cold.
7: Take it off. It looks hideous.
5: Nobody sees it.
7: Now you just get up and put on some pajamas.
5: I hate pajamas. They strangle me.
7: Well, you can't wear that thing. Can, too. What if there's a fire?
5: I won't go. Good night, Blanche.
7: You just get out of that bed and hang up your clothes. Don't leave them for me.
5: Blanche, I'm sleepy.
7: I'm always crawling under the dresser and picking up your collar buttons. I pick up your ties, and I pick up your handkerchiefs. What do you think I am? A vacuum cleaner?
5: No, Blanche. A vacuum cleaner can be turned off. Look, Blanche, do me a favor, will you? I worked 18 hours today. Just let me close my eyes for a couple of hours, will you?
7: I'm afraid the minute you fall asleep, you'll start snoring.
5: No, I won't snore. I never snore.
7: How can you say that? You've never missed a single night since the second day we were married. Mm. You snore on Monday, you snore on Tuesday, on Wednesday you snore, on Thursday you snore. So what'll you do tonight? Oh, for the love of... Nobody would believe it. I'm married to a cellar pump. John, John, you promised you wouldn't snore. And the minute you close your eyes, you started. Mm-hmm. John! Ange,
5: what do you want from me?
7: I won't stand for it. Go sleep in the guest room.
5: We haven't got a guest room.
7: If you were a good husband, you'd see that we had two guest rooms. <sighs> you used to have plenty of ambition before we were married. Whatever mm. happened to your get-up-and-go?
5: He got up and went.
7: I might have known you like you are. Selfish, inconsiderate, thoughtless, you didn't even send me a Valentine card.
5: St. Valentine's Day isn't until tomorrow. It's still tonight.
7: Tonight was yesterday. Today is tomorrow. What? And I know you didn't send a card because you didn't send me one last year.
5: Well, I forgot last year. You
7: always forget. You forgot my birthday. You. I bet you don't even know when you married me, do you?
5: No, I don't.
7: John Bickerson... You don't know when you married me?
5: When? Oh, I thought you said why.
7: I suppose we can eat you a great catch. I could have married a half dozen of the wealthiest men in town. No, I had to fall for your smooth talk. You kept calling me your buried treasure, didn't you?
5: Didn't I what?
7: Didn't you always call me your buried treasure?
5: Maybe I did.
7: Well, what have you got to say now?
5: I'm sorry I dug you up. Good night, Blanche.
7: <laughs> sorry you dug me up? There wasn't another girl in our crowd who would ever have given you a second look.
5: Oh, I don't know about that. Most of those dames thought I had what it takes.
7: Well, maybe you had it, but who took it? And what did I get out of this marriage? Jewels? No. Clothes? No. Money? No. What did I get?
5: No. I'll tell you what I got.
7: A one-room apartment and a leaky icebox.
5: A leaky icebox.
7: Every night my pillow is wet from my tears.
5: Put a pan under it.
7: You're not listening to me. You don't care what happens. I wish I'd never been born.
5: Oh, Blanche, what's the matter with you? Why don't you go to sleep?
7: How can I sleep? How can I sleep when I know you don't love me?
5: Who said I don't love you?
7: Well, you never tell me you do.
5: I tell you a thousand times a day. I offered to pay a man $50 for a six-inch tattoo that says, John loves Blanche. Why did you object?
7: Because it would show when I wore my evening gown.
5: Well, I was going to let him do it on me, too. Anything to put a stop to that same question night after night after night.
7: If you'd only say it once of your own accord, I'd never ask you.
5: Okay. I love you.
7: Do you love me only? Yes. When I'm away from you? Yes. Well, say it.
5: I love you only when you're away from me.
7: (laughs) Maybe that's why you stayed out, cavorting, until 2 o'clock this morning.
5: I wasn't cavorting. I was working. What for? Because I get paid for overtime and we need the money. I have to make a payment on my car next week, $84.
7: (gasps) Where will you get that?
5: Oh, I got it. It's in the desk drawer.
7: No, it isn't. It is, too.
5: I looked yesterday.
7: You didn't look today.
5: Oh, Blanche.
7: Well, there's only $60 in that drawer, John.
5: What happened to the other $24?
7: Don't look at me.
5: Listen, Blanche, there are only two people who have a key to that drawer, you and I, and $24 is missing.
7: Well, let's each put back $12 and say no more about it.
5: I knew it. I knew it. What did you blow it on?
7: Well, I had to pay the phone bill. I made a few long-distance calls.
5: Long-distance calls? Who did you call for $24? My
7: sister, Clara. I was worried. She had a tooth pulled.
5: How could you squander my money like that? I deny myself everything. Do I even buy toothpaste? No. I've been brushing my teeth with a whisk broom. I stick tinfoil in my cavities to save on dentist bills. I've been wearing an upper plate that belongs to my cousin. She calls New York every five minutes.
7: Don't make such a fuss. Claire is my only sister, and I have a perfect right to call her. Anyway, Barney's in the hospital. Who's Barney? Clara's husband, when he was out looking for a job, he tripped over a bar rail and two cases of bourbon fell on his head.
5: Well, it's the first time the drinks were ever on him.
7: How can you say that? Barney's not cheap. He takes good care of Clara. She has a lovely home. And they've got money for everything.
5: Oh, sure. Money for everything.
7: Don't sneer. Last week, Clara had her tonsils taken out. And Venetian blinds put in.
5: With a mouth like hers, they could do it. If <laughs> yeah, that Bomb Barney isn't working, where do they get the dough?
7: Accident insurance. He's collected a fortune on accident insurance. Every time Clara has a baby, he jumps off the roof. What? He doesn't hurt himself too bad. Just enough to collect the insurance. You haven't got any, have you, John?
5: No. I don't want to talk about it. I want to sleep.
7: But suppose something happens to you. What if you have an accident and you can't work?
5: We'll starve.
7: We're starving now.
5: That's too bad. It's
7: easy for you to talk like that. If anything happened, I'd be left helpless and destitute. Why don't you get some accident insurance, John?
5: I'll get some next week.
7: You say it, but you won't do it. Why don't you get it now? What? Go on, get up get some accident insurance.
5: Blanche, are you out of your mind? It's almost 3 o'clock in the morning.
7: Well, people have accidents all hours of the night.
5: I'm not going to have any accidents tonight.
7: How do you know?
5: Blanche, why don't you let me sleep?
7: Well, just promise me you'll get some accident insurance. Why? Because it's a wonderful protection. Clara told me two weeks ago a man broke his hip and he got $5,000. Last week, Barney fractured his skull and got $10,000.
5: Well, what about it? Next
7: week, you may be the lucky one.
5: Good night, Ranch.
7: Good night, John.